Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Self-Taught Artist Podcast, where we explore the world of art and creativity from the perspective of self-taught artists. I'm your host, Lauren Christine, and today we have yet another exciting topic to discuss, artwork photography and presentation. Whether you are a seasoned artist looking to sell your artwork or an emerging artist wanting to showcase your creations on social media, this episode will help you understand the significance of high quality artwork photography and presentation for marketing purposes. I'm also going to give you some tips to achieve the best possible photography of your gorgeous artwork. To get us started, the first thing we're going to do is our review of the week. This one comes from Snook Fan, and the title is Wonderful. I've been listening to this podcast recently, and I absolutely love it. The information is presented clearly and logically. Highly recommended. Thank you so much, Snook Fan. I am so thrilled every time I get a new review, and it just really makes me smile to know any time that I have inspired someone along their artistic journey. So to everyone out there listening, as always, if you could hit the subscribe button or hit the follow button on Spotify and hit the plus button on Apple Podcasts, that's going to ensure that you're following the show and you never miss an episode. Super important, number one. Number two, hit the five stars button on Apple and Spotify. Great. And then number three, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now, scroll down to the bottom, click the write a review button and leave me a review. It can be one word, just leave me a review. They help so much. They tell the search algorithm, yes, this is a great podcast and it's worth listening to. And it helps me reach other self-taught artists out there. And that's the whole point of this is to help as many self-taught artists as I can. And by rating, reviewing, and subscribing the podcast, those are three ways that you can thank me for putting out this podcast. I do it for free. I do it with no sponsorship and I do it for you. So this is how you can pay me back for making this podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. That would be huge. And I appreciate all of your support. All right. So to kick things off today, we're going to first talk about why great photography is essential for artists in today's digital age, because gone are the days when artists relied solely on physical galleries or exhibitions to showcase their work. That is very old school. Nowadays, the internet and social media platforms provide a vast landscape for artists to reach a global audience at a scale that has been impossible until just very recently. However, with millions, billions, trillions of images out there vying for attention on every platform, it's so important to stand out with visually captivating and professional looking photographs of your artwork. High quality artwork photography grabs attention 
it creates a lasting impression, and it can also enhance the perceived value of your art. It's the first interaction potential buyers or viewers are going to have with your artwork, and you want to make it count. First impressions, they matter. And good photography can even go beyond just a first impression. It can convey the texture, the details, and the nuances of your art, even in a digital format. And I love that. I love getting those detail shots and it helps bring it to life through a computer screen. I want to emphasize that you do not need a fancy camera or a DSLR camera to capture stunning photographs of your artwork. In fact, your phone camera, the one in your pocket, can, can produce excellent results. With advancements in technology, phone cameras today have become incredibly capable, allowing you to capture high-resolution images with impressive detail and clarity. Just make sure to follow the techniques that we're discussing today. Finding good lighting, stabilizing your phone with a tripod or a stable surface, and experimenting with different angles and compositions and editing. With a little practice and attention to detail, you can achieve fantastic results using the camera you already have in your pocket. I use my phone for pretty much all of my art photography. So do not let the lack of a professional camera hold you back from showcasing your art in the best possible light. So speaking of light, let's talk about some techniques for capturing artwork in the best possible light. Lighting plays a pivotal role in showcasing your art's true colors, capturing its texture, and creating a visually stunning image. In my experience, I find lighting to be the number one most important ingredient of getting a good photo. If you have good lighting, it's very easy to get a great photo. Natural light is often the best option as it provides a balanced and authentic representation of your artwork. And generally, it's just gonna be a lot more true to color and it's gonna be brighter and just work naturally. That's the beauty of natural light. If you do it inside under light bulbs and with shadows and it it's tough so if you do photograph your art inside i recommend photographing your art near a large window or outdoors on a patio or perhaps even just going outdoors on an overcast day to avoid any harsh shadows or reflections now this means that you also need to take your photos at the right time of day. And I actually recommend sort of really early morning before the sun gets too high in the sky. Um, and especially like if you can do it the very, very early morning or at sunset when the light is a bit more diffused and less harsh. There's this time of day and it's called golden hour. It's kind of like that hour right around sunset before it and after it and there's just like a beautiful light that goes on at that time and also you know at sunrise i just don't like waking up for sunrise so you know i'm, I'm more of a afternoon evening golden hour kind of person 
but that can be a great time to take art photos. Getting that time of day, getting the right lighting. If you do that, you are like 90% of the way there to getting a great photo. And sometimes this means, okay, you want to take a photo of your art at, you know, 10 PM because that's when the kids are asleep and you're able to do it. Don't honestly, the indoor lighting is going to be so funky. It's just probably not even worth it. Wait, do it during the day with natural light for best results. All right. The next thing I want you to do is take a minute to scroll the Etsy marketplace or scroll through your Instagram feed. Take a look at all the different images there of artwork that is similar to yours and see what stands out to you. What pops? What do you want to click on? And on the other hand, what listings are just forgettable? You scroll right by them and maybe they don't look very professional or they just don't stand out to you. I think you're gonna find when you do this exercise, you'll find that brightness of the photo is very important. Think bright colors or bright white where appropriate. Um, I like to describe current photography trends as light and bright. And that's because everyone is vying for attention and a bright photo really helps catch the eye. So notice how on Etsy, a low lighting photo as that main listing photo, it really fades into the background. It doesn't invite the shopper to click on it because the listings with bright white, lots of contrast or bright vivid colors catch your attention instead. Whatever your style of art, capturing it in good lighting helps you to get that bright light quality in your photography. And I want you to spend a good amount of time doing this market research, looking at the competition, seeing what you're up against, seeing how other artists present their work so that you can get some clues as to what works really well, what is visually appealing, and what might capture the attention of shoppers in a crowded environment. Additionally, it's very important to consider the angle and composition of your photographs. And that's another thing I want you to be looking for as you do the market research. You can experiment with different perspectives to highlight unique aspects of your art, like the details, such as zooming in on texture or brush strokes. Don't be afraid to get up close and capture details that make your work stand out. If the viewer can only see your art through a computer screen, help them to see all of these little unique details up close. I love when artists zoom in and show me the brush strokes. I love seeing a few brush strokes and that texture on a painting because it's a sign to me and other people who see my art. Yeah, this is handmade. This is unique. This is one of a kind. And in a world of store-bought Amazon.com big box stuff, I think unique handmade things are so special. So I love seeing all of those unique little details. And anytime you can highlight that in the photography, I think it's going to help. And also remember that if you have a tripod somewhere, that would be a great thing to use. 
um, to ensure that your images are sharp and free of camera shake. Um, you can also order a pretty simple and cheap phone tripod to experiment with from lots of different places on the internet. Uh, but they're pretty cheap, and so if that would help you, go for it. I personally do not use tripods. I can do pretty well with my phone, and I think they've advanced pretty far with the stabilization on the phone cameras. So, you know, it's up to you. It works for me just doing it with my phone and no tripod. But if you have one, use it by all means. If I had one, I would use it. All right, let's talk about framing and staging and how that can help with showcasing your art. Framing your artwork not only adds a professional touch, but also provides a sense of context and scale. And I would encourage you to choose frames that complement your art without overpowering it if you want to photograph your art framed. Do remember that simplicity is often key. You don't want to do anything that might be polarizing because you're looking to appeal to the widest array of buyers as possible. So that means just keep it simple and keep it classic. If you are photographing unframed art especially, make sure to pay attention to the background and ensure that it's not distracting from your main subject. You can crop your art, so it's just the art, of course. Um, but another tip for photographing your art and displaying it online is keeping a few white mats on hand for photographing your art. I think this is a great way to add a bit of a frame, if you will, to your art without having to actually stick it in a frame because that's more work. And using that mat when you photograph it goes a long way to help viewers imagine what a piece on paper might look like in their home framed up when it looks really nice on the wall. And there's just something about popping a mat onto a piece of artwork that just gives it that finishing touch and helps all the colors pop. You can digitally quote unquote mat your art if you want to. And I would just do this by cropping your art to its, you know, true like to the edges and then putting a white border around it. There are some apps you can use such as Canva to put a white border on your art. That's one option that sort of gives it that matte look without actually having to buy a mat or photograph it in a mat. Um, so that's sort of a, a, digital, a digital hack you could use for that. If you work with standard sizes a lot, Having a mat on hand or a simple frame so that you can mock up what your art might look like in a potential buyer's home can be a helpful way to make a sale easier and make your art look more professional when you photograph it. In general, I think working in standard sizes is really helpful for you and the buyer. Um, ultimately, it gives you cheap framing and mat options that are available very easily. So here in the US, those are sizes like 8 inches by 10 inches, 9 by 12, 16 by 20. If you go into any big box store or an art supply store for sure, you're going to find mats and frames for those sizes, no problem. And normally it aligns with the size of the paper that you can buy. But that being said, I have a watercolor pad and it's 11 by 15. 
And so I always cut off an inch so that it's the standard 11 by 14, because that's another very standard size. Um, another trick, if you want to get really fancy, is you can virtually stage your artwork. Uh, but that is like a topic for another day. It's much more complicated. But if you are very technical, you can use a program like Canva. And I also know there are some apps specifically to virtually stage artwork on walls um, using artificial intelligence. But I haven't used those myself. I've only used Canva. Um, and I don't know. That's a topic for another episode. Today, we're just sticking to photography. And just pay attention to the background, pay attention to how you have the art photographed or how you crop it, and think about sticking a black frame on top of it, something simple, stick a mat on top of it, something to just elevate it a little bit so that the buyer can imagine what it might look like if they buy it, frame it, and put it on their wall. You just want to help them take those mental steps and not have to imagine it because they may not be as creative and visual as you are. We as artists can visualize how something might look if we added it to a room or put it in a frame, but the buyers may not have that same capability. So that's where great photography and great staging helps to connect the dots for your buyers and hopefully boost sales. When it comes to showcasing your art on different platforms, such as social media or personal portfolios, consistency is very important. Anytime you can create a cohesive visual identity for your art by using similar lighting, composition, and editing styles across your different photographs, that's really helpful. This helps build recognition and a strong brand presence. Ideally, you want your audience to be able to spot your art as they scroll and having a consistent visual identity really helps this. So some artists, they may do this by always putting a white mat around their art and they train their followers on social media over time. They see it enough and they know, oh, that white border around the art that's that artist that I follow. Or maybe they always put it on a certain wall, or maybe they take a photo outside in a certain way, or maybe they mock it up. Just anything you can do to give yourself a consistent visual identity really helps you to kind of build that brand and build that identity so that you can start training your followers to identify your art as yours. So let's briefly touch upon the post-processing stage of photography because editing is very important as well. Editing your images can enhance colors, correct any imperfections, and ensure that your artwork really looks its best. The big warning though, is that you need to make sure that you strike a balance and avoid over-editing as you really want your art to remain authentic. Yeah, you know, it's great to boost the contrast a ton and, you know, boost the saturation and make your colors look really, really bright. But if you're selling that art and it arrives at someone's house and it doesn't look like the image, you've got a big problem on your hands. So make sure that even if you're editing your photos, you're keeping it authentic. 
Editing can be a great way to just make little tweaks, adjust, and get it looking like it does in person and making sure that, for example, the background is bright, or if you have a white mat, that it is a true white, it's not yellow or something. Um, editing really helps for those kinds of things, but the goal is still to make your art look like your art. It needs to look like the real piece of art in a photo, wherever you have it, um, because you don't want buyers to be surprised. That would be not good. Don't forget while you're editing images to optimize your images for different platforms. That might mean things like adjusting the resolution, the size and the format to suit the requirements of each platform, be it Instagram or I mean, even within Instagram, are you doing it as a story? Are you doing it as a post on your grid or feed? Are you going to put it on your website? Are you going to put it on an online marketplace like Etsy? Every different platform is going to have a slightly different image crop and way that the images are displayed. And so as you edit, you can adjust accordingly. And I highly recommend you optimize each image for where you're putting it so that it can be most successful wherever you put that image. All right, as we wrap up this episode, I think I've made my point. It's clear that high quality artwork, photography and presentation have a significant impact on marketing your art. Whether you are looking to sell your work, to share your art on social media or enter contests with your art, Investing time and effort into capturing and presenting your art in the best possible light is crucial. And remember, your artwork deserves to be seen in its full glory. By mastering artwork photography and presentation techniques, you can really elevate your art's visual appeal and leave a lasting impression on your audience. I really want you to spend some time doing some market research, look at successful artists on social media or Etsy and see how they present their art, what works, and on some other people on the platforms, what doesn't work. Make note, see which elements you might want to use in your photography and how you present your artwork digitally to the world. All right. That brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you found this discussion on artwork photography and presentation to be very helpful. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And you can check out my website, laurenchristineart.com for show notes on past episodes. I load them up there, um, you know, when I, when I get some time. So the back catalog, there's show notes that are searchable on there. If you want to search for additional resources and tips and until next time, my friends, happy creating. <laughs>